shut up. <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> That'll be a good cold open. I hope we're in focus. We are. Hum. <laughs> I was mid-sip. Hey, everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, the, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, modding fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing, playing. Dude, I am tired. Oh my gosh, we're so wrecked. You want to talk about cops? Yeah, let's talk about cops. Let's talk about you know on the Gear Slum recently they talked about cop rock. This and is and there was there was all this back and forth, and they were like, well, maybe Creed is cop rock. You know, are we like, gonna talk about cop pop? Uh, well, I'm getting there. Like <laughs> Creed is is cop rock, or um, you know, Three Doors Down because Three Doors Down, you know, post 9/11, the, they had this song here without you that was in. A lot of like military commercials because it was, you know, support the troops. Right, right, right. I'm here without you, whatever, whatever. And different things like that are like, you know, maybe Guns N' Roses is, is you know, that aggressive, you know, appetite for destruction. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, That's right? what we want our cops listening it to. It turns out the Alameda County Sheriff's Department's definition of cop rock is Taylor Swift's blank space. <laughs> I don't even know that song, but it's... Oh my gosh! Well, it's, it's, it, it kind of makes sense for a cop to love that song because uh, on on a traffic ticket there are blank spaces and that's where they'll write your name. That's, oh the, that's the hook of that song. Oh my gosh! I've got that's a, such I, a stretch. I've got a blank space, baby, and I'll write your name. That's the hook, Ryan. I did the hook. It's Steve a Steve had it's this a funny joke. Steve, you're gonna throw your back out, it's stretching a funny joke, stretching that hard to make that a dad a, joke. That was a great joke. <laughs> so, anyways, leave a comment if you thought that was a great joke. Some cop uh, got caught and is in trouble for basically trying to silence people's First Amendment rights by playing copyrighted music when he's being filmed by citizens. Yeah, yeah. Which is as sketchy as it sounds. And But, but this headline is so great. Alameda County Sheriff Sergeant being investigated after he played Taylor Swift while being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's this really, it's upsetting to me because it's like, it's one thing for a cop to, I get it. Like people don't want to be filmed when they're working and cops are no different, Yeah, but it is our right. It is the law that we are allowed to film them. But like, I get like feeling weird about that and feeling upset about it. If someone's filming you while you're doing work or whatever, right. but to premeditate and be like, Oh, this is the song I'm going to play. When someone's filming me and I'm going to play it loud enough that it ruins their video so that they can't put it on YouTube because it will get, I think he assumed they would get, it would get taken down. Right. When in the reality is it would probably just get demonetized. Yeah. So, so the first time I heard about this was a few months ago. I was back in February down. Um, there's a, I just heard about it today. There's a guy. Well, no, there's a guy in, um, in, in Los Angeles who's a Instagram activist. Uh huh. Uh, so he, he goes around and when there's I like, want to make fun of cops, but now I also want to take I want to make fun of an Instagram activist. So so what he does is like he will he's got like his police scanner or whatever and he's like listening and and so he finds out the police are doing something, he will go and stream whatever they're doing live to Instagram. Mm. And uh what he did is he went to the Beverly Hills Police Department. I don't know if there's 
more than one station, but he went to a Beverly Hills, maybe the Beverly Hills sure. police department station to, uh, and he was live streaming when he went in there and he starts talking to the guy at the front desk and the guy at the front desk pulls out his phone and starts. And I thought this was very ironic in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts playing Santeria, uh, which <laughs> by sublime, by sublime, oh which gosh. is ironic That's for, so you know, I, I guess pot is legal in California, but for a long time, you know, sublime was, uh, I'm fine with pot being legal in California. I'm not fine with bad music being legal in California. <laughs> that but, cop, that cop should be breaking the law when but, he plays but that I, song. But I mean, like when, when I was in high school, you know, sublime was what, kids listen to when they were doing things that were illegal, yeah, but then, which is smoking pot or drinking or whatever. That kid grew up to be a police officer. Also. And he still listens I, to I Sublime. Guess so. Also, you know, that song is uh, about when uh, your woman cheats on you. Uh, you pop we, a cap in Sancho and you slap her down. So you kill somebody and then you assault and battery your, your ex. So, no, that sounds like cop that, stuff. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what cops do. No, isn't it like like so like, uh, like a really high percentage of of cops are domestic abusers? Yeah, there's there's a higher, I think, higher than the public the normal right. Rate. Um, so so with the Instagram thing, I guess it's different because it's a the guy usually does a live stream. And so live streams kind of just get taken, like your live stream just gets cut. Like right, Instagram right. cuts the feed. But yeah, like you said, in the case of YouTube, they're going to post this video. Maybe it gets a copyright strike, but most likely it just gets demonetized. It then goes viral one way or the other. And now basically this cop is saying, you activists, assuming it's monetized, we're assuming it's monetized. Right, right. Uh, you, the activists, we don't want you to get you know, a million views, a thousand dollars. I don't, whatever. I don't know what the click through rate is right now. Right. Uh, we want Taylor Swift to get yeah, he wants to, dollars. No, he really just wants to support Tay Tay. Yeah. That's He's like, he wants to put here. money in her pocket because he actually really likes that song. It's so bizarre in the video because he just like, He's like talking. He wants to help her so bad yeah. that he's willing to do a, a cop crime on camera while playing her song to help her out, you know? <laughs> like he's so nonchalant and he's just like. And he stuffs it like in his shirt. Oh my gosh. This is the song? That was the song. I'm going to stop it now. I don't want Taylor oh my Swift gosh. to get my money. Cops. What song would you do, Steve? If you were um, if you were a dirty cop and you wanted to suppress First Amendment rights of citizens. Well, well, Ryan, mm-hmm. what I would do if I was a cop and I wanted to ensure that this would happen is I would go watch that Rick Beato video where he talks about the videos that he's had pulled down from his like hundred greatest songs of all time or whatever list. Uh-huh. And I would pick one of those artists because we already know those are the artists that will copyright strike your song off of YouTube. You, you think that's the ultimate plan, Steve, but if you want to be sure that you're going to have a video taken down from copyright strike, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then just play a Rick Beato video. <laughs> does he take down, does he take down videos? No, but I'm saying because his get taken down or whatever. Oh. That's the, that's the joke. That's the joke. Um, <laughs> I think I would play, uh, oh, I, I got the best song. Here we go. I just thought of this right now. This is completely spontaneous. This is another dad joke. Oh, great. Kind of. 
as a, if I was a cop and I wanted to play a song to a person at a protest who was trying to address me for whatever reason, I would play. Don't stand so close to me by the police. Oh my God. Boom. <laughs> finger guns. I, did I think it, guns. De- it depends on the scenario. But if I was a cop who is going to lay down a fully unjust, illegal beat down on a citizen that doesn't deserve it, <laughs> I'd be playing Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that scene from Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. Where yeah. they're beating on zombies and that's playing. Like, that's what oh I'm imagining God. in my head. That's, the, th- the thing is, is it was like a very. Like, get creative, get artsy with. <laughs> Your soundtrack choices, cops. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a casual conversation, too. Like, the guy's like, well, why can't I... The protester's like, why can't I hang up my sign? And the guy's like, oh, you can't hang signs off of buildings. He's like, okay, well, I took it down. Why can't I just leave my sign on the ground? And I guess they're trying to say, like, your banner is a trip hazard. Like, someone might step on it and fall down and, and or whatever. And... Um, and then it's just this back and forth, and the cop realizes he's being filmed, or maybe he knew he was being filmed the whole time, and then he's like, oh, I'm tired of this conversation. So he just pulls out his phone, and then they're like, why are you playing that? Are you play- playing that? Like, they they outright ask him, basically, like, are you playing that because you think it's going to get this video pulled off of YouTube? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, so he's like, so to clarify, you are saying that you are playing the song. So when we post this video to YouTube, YouTube will pull it down. Oh my and he's gosh. Like, yes. That's why I'm playing the song. But even then, like before that, he tried to like wiggle around and be like, well, you guys listen to music when you're protesting. And like, I'm just here to make sure your protest like doesn't turn violent. So I'm going to listen to music so I don't have to listen to your music. And it's like, dude, like none of that tracks at all. You're on duty and you pull out like a, a six year old, whatever, seven like here, year old Taylor Swift song. You're like, like following where I thought that line of logic was going to go. If a cop is, you know, serving, mm-hmm. doing his job in or around a protest, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with as long mm-hmm. as they are mm-hmm. being just and they are protecting and serving. If they're doing that, then they should never, ever have the mentality of, well, here's my counter thing to you. You'll, you get to listen to music. Here's me getting to do what I want to do. That's the exact opposite of an attitude that we want from a police officer. Like they should be there. New, even if the protest is an anti-cop protest, there should be cops there. You know, protecting the peace, ensuring public safety, but they should be publicly neutral towards whatever the protest is about. Right. They are not there to be anti. Well, for what it's or worth, counter any for, for what it's worth, protest. Th- this was an anti-cop protest. Sure. Like he no that which kind of makes it like worse that a cop was behaving badly at a protest. Yeah, you're proving the point. Yeah. Like um, it, it cops, like if you, I'm sure we have cops that are listeners and, and if you do a good job, you're not crooked, you're, you're civil and you're just great. That's fantastic. We need good cops. But if your attitude towards any protest is, oh, this is against me. So I, I have to like front against it. Like you're a bad cop because you are supposed to be 
professionally invested in protecting the citizens unless they are, you know, causing harm or there's reasonable, no, there's beyond reasonable doubt that they are going to cause harm to other citizens. Like it is not your job to counter protest when you're on the clock. If you want to have a cop counter protest, like a pro cop thing when you're off the clock. Yeah, sure. Do, do your own thing. Um, go clock go clock out and then go play your music. Would you ever think about picking an ironic song? Uh, maybe 911 is a joke. <laughs> That's not ironic. That's just literal. <laughs> I, I would have been really funny. Well, you're saying it would be ironic for the cop to play that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That would be ironic. Um, or <laughs> th- I'm thinking like, that would be funny. I'm maybe thinking like, uh, and, and, and like the, if the cop plays 911 as a joke. They're basically saying like, don't even try calling for help. Like that's <laughs> scary. Um, that is scary. I'm thinking, uh, well, and the other, the, so the other, other thing is they ask the cop, like, is your, like, we're filming you. Are you filming us? Like, is your body cam on? And he was like, yeah. So they kept asking him all these questions about like, is this the Alameda count, like Alameda County Sheriff's policy? Like if you're being filmed to start playing music. And he was like, He's like, well, we don't have a specific policy. <laughs> well, they do now, I'm sure. <laughs> and, like, it was, it's just so this guy just had this idea. Like, if someone's filming me, I'm gonna play Taylor Swift. And and I'm thinking about the. We're two, gonna get so many these, angry comments. Know, the, on I'm this. thinking about these two instances: Sublime Santeria, Taylor Swift blank space. And what what I, one of the things that I think is because what my thought is: why wouldn't you play like a uh, you know Inner Sandman? One on you know Metallica has a has a reputation right, for right. being a little litigious, and it's kind of and I don't mean this in a, like a negative way towards Metallica, but like if you're trying to have a conversation, Metallica in the background is really annoying. It's really hard to tune it out. Right, right, right. Lar, if you play a Metallica song, Lars himself is going to come after you. Yeah, like yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, but thinking about that. I wonder if it's they are intentionally choosing these like easy to listen to pop songs. Like, do those types of songs get picked up by the YouTube filter more easily? Oh, probably because they're clean melodies, because they're clean tracks, versus uh, like a really busy versus yeah, something busy song. and thrashy, and yeah. you know maybe it sounds like like oh is that a Kurt? are you trying to make the case that that cop is was really smart with his decision? No, I'm just saying, like, I think it, I, I'm saying, like, I don't think he's necessarily a Taylor Swift fan. You know, I think uh, he's intentionally picking some who like someone who he thinks is going to get picked up uh, by the by the software. Really, here's what I'm going to say. Here's my closing statement. Maybe it'll be my closing statement. We'll see. Cops, you're going to be on camera more and more all the time. I say lean into it. Sexy cops is the future. Do it up. Do it up. Take care of your body. Like really look at yourself in the mirror. Like how can I be sexy for all these citizen cameras that are watching me? How can I go viral by being just a hot cop? I want more hot cops in the news. (laughs) Wasn't that like a plot of an entire season of Arrested Development? (laughs) Probably. Uh, here's my, thought. I feel like I'm writing Zoolander three right now. Here's my thought right now. You and I mm-hmm. are intentionally sitting in front of a camera. Yes. 
trying to get famous on the internet. <laughs> These cops have the opportunity to unintentionally get filmed by people who are right. going to put them on the internet and then they can get famous. We should become cops. Let's become cops. And every time a protester comes up to us and is like, hey, uh, can you tell us why you're doing this thing? We just start podcasting. <laughs> every time a protester comes up, we're just like, welcome to 60 Cycle. I'm the guitar. Mike, let's, like, be, money, pixie, we're making, let's be you know, music cops. Podcasts. Let's be music cops. And we'll show up to loud parties like noise ordinance yeah, yeah. issues. And we'll film ourselves shutting down parties because they're playing bad music. <laughs> like, this is what you're listening to. And then we'll put something else on the on the player. No, no, this is what you need to be listening to. Or we get called for noise ordinances for like house shows or whatever. Yeah. And we yeah. show up and we just critique the band's rigs. <laughs> You just go in and you're like, if you were running this line six spider on insane mode, your neighbors wouldn't have called us. Yeah. Here. Hey, maybe if your band didn't suck, no one would call us. Right. Yeah. Huh? Think about yeah. that. Maybe practice a little bit more. You huh? guys ever think about bringing in some Joe Bonamassa covers? Oh, hey, Steve, Steve, look over here. We got a real tough guy, a tube screamer into a Marshall. <laughs> Way to go outside the box, bud. We're shining flashlights in the kid's eyes. <laughs> it's like it's like some 15 year old. He's like, my parents got it for my birthday. <laughs> well, get a job, kid. This is 2021. There's lots of jobs available at McDonald's for $15 an hour. Someone's, someone's got a really horrendous rig. We just kill the music, turn on the lights. We both turn chairs around backwards and sit on them. Like, listen, kids, we need to talk to you about the dangers of running this pedal chain. It's all messed up. What is going on with your life right now? What, you, what decisions led you here? Well, I can tell you right now, it's not taking you in a good direction. I'm going to scare you straight. Get this pedal board figured out. You got some kid and he's just got a bunch of like, like a uh, affordable level <laughs> pedals on there. And you're like, kid, you're on a dangerous path. Pat, this is a slippery slope. Affordable board is a gateway drug. Today, you're buying a horse, horse pedal, yeah. little Klon Centaur knockoff. Tomorrow, you're... Selling drugs to afford your Klon Centaur $8,000 silver horsey. You may think they're cheap now, but what happens when you have 600 of them like I do? It never stops. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I we like will this, never be cops. I like where this topic went, Steve. We're going to get some really confused commenters as this go. First, they're gonna, we're going to have angry people defending cops. We're going to have angry people attacking cops. And then we're going to have people going like, oh, yeah, if I was a music cop, this is what I would do. <laughs> it's, this, is, this bit has been a journey. All right. All right. One last, one last uh, bit. Okay. Um, if you are, if you are like, okay, say you're working Mardi Gras. Oh, Mardi Gras could work. Yeah. Uh, anything. So you, you're patrolling downtown San Diego. You want to disperse the crowds. You're di you're patrolling PB at two in the morning when some some three assholes are. You're painting a picture. Doing street music on Garnet next to PB Bar and Grill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing closing time for fifty people who are pouring into the middle of the street. You're you're a cop. What song do you play to disperse the crowd? I don't know. Do you have an idea? I'm thinking like. Some weird Al Polka. <laughs> One of his polka medleys. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking. Have you ever watched Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? 
I have, but it's been like 20 There's years. There's a song in there, which is, is a joke song made for the movie, but it's called Puberty Love. <laughs> and it's basically the song that would have been made to spoof, you know, a Bieber, but it was oh, made okay. in the 70s, you know? Uh, see, I, I was going to say, maybe I'd play some Bieber, but like. I think they're like right now, like the the party crowd that like. 20- I play freaking Tarzan boy. Yeah. Oh, Tarzan boy! <laughs> there you go. Here's here's one more thought from me. If you were if you were a music cop, a guitar cop, okay. What pedals are you running the siren through? <laughs> that that's all you need. Okay, you run your you run your siren through. Uh, through a couple, through a couple pitchforks, <laughs> <laughs> you get the Digitech whammy. <laughs> You're all doing Rage Against the Machine stuff. It's going, it's going, and it goes, <laughs> you know, I'd be sitting there racking the time knob on a delay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that? That like you're just a cop rolling down the street, but all of a sudden everyone's dispersing because I think there's an alien invasion. <laughs> no, just that slow, full depth jet flange on the siren. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. <laughs> This ad was sent to us by Joel Brodu. I have no idea if I said the last name right. Oh, I'm going to give you a real fun last first second name early later. Oh, okay, I feel threatened now, Steve. Lego Steve a, just threatened yeah, me with Lego, a name. Lego as a viable design material. YouTuber uses 2,000 Lego bricks to build a functioning bass guitar. It would be unfair to characterize. Uh, well, don't would, even bother reading whatever. the whole, all, whole article because oh, I didn't Bur- even screen grab this it. This is Burl's art. So this is the guy who does this sort of thing all the time. Yeah, and he's done it again. He made a guitar out of objects that aren't usually made used for right. making a guitar. This time it was more something else than just resin because usually it's just a lot of resin. Yeah, with stuff floating in it. My comment on this. Yep. I feel like he cheated. I know his whole thing is cutting things out and routing them uh, and making a guitar out of out of that object. But I want to see a Lego bass guitar where you don't cut the edges. Like right. there are so many Lego pieces these days. You could a hundred percent build an electric guitar, bass, whatever, out of Lego pieces without having to cut the edges. To get all the the bumpy parts off the edge. Like, that's what I want to see. I really like the pattern that he did. This kind of like, this bursty quilt sort of pattern is super fun. It looks really, really cool. But I want to see someone really do it. Like, actually build it out of Legos instead of just building a sheet of material out of Lego and then cutting it. Here's what I want to know. Are you going to go my way? (laughs) Could you, do you think you could mount the neck to this without wood reinforcement yeah but it would have to be a lego neck that just snaps in <laughs> you don't think you could use like a wooden neck and just like <laughs> no i know what you mean um you know what um if you're gluing the pieces together i think it would hold a neck just fine yeah yeah i think legos are strong enough to hold the tension of a neck if you get the body thick enough this looks like it's it's five lego uh dots thick yeah what are those called? I feel like I should know what those are actually called. But you know what I mean. The Lego dots is yeah. five of those thick. 
Um, I feel like you would need because he used a layer of single mm-hmm. thick Lego on top of two layers of double thick le- Lego mm-hmm. to get that. I feel like you would need to layer five layers of the single to get enough plastic strength to do oh, that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I played with Legos a lot as a kid, so I do think in Legos. I just don't know the names for them anymore. How, how many Lego dots tall are you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know where that question is coming from. Because you're just saying, like, there's five, this is five Lego dots high. I'm like, how many Lego dots high are you? know, you see what you I'm said saying, you right? Think about, yeah, I know what you're saying. But I think about, I can, I think about Lego construction as like what it would bring structurally like right like if you want a lot of layers of the smallest brick size to have the most strength yeah a lot of layers of the smallest size but the longest pieces mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get strength you need to kind of like cross and like, and like cross hatch them i was gonna say you're gonna need to like cross hatch them which might also be part of why but that just addresses uh, the do it that way. the core strength of right. the build. I'm I'm thinking about the edge treatment treatment as well to avoid having you know bumpy parts on the edges. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of smooth parts now mm-hmm. that you could use to wrap around the guitar in creative ways. So I want to see that done. I want to see an honest to goodness Lego built guitar. The 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 part with the neck joint, the neck heel, and everything like that, like. I'm I'm fine with a builder fudging that. Like if you need a center block of wood to make it clean, then do it. I get it. Right. But I want to see the commitment to Lego as a building material instead of just using it to make a a blank that you cut a guitar body out. Right. Can you guys hear my kids screaming? Because I can. (laughs) I don't know if the mic is picking that up for everyone. Sometimes those noises just get cut off. Yeah, by the uh, noise filter. I think that's a pretty fair take, but I I do think you know again this is a guy who's done like the pen. I think the pencils. Yeah, yeah, jawbreakers. Yeah, all those things. This is definitely the most. I want to see him. I I would say like aesthetically useful, if that makes sense. I want to see him do a video where he said where the 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 clickbait thumbnail is. I made a guitar out of epoxy resin, and then in reality he made it the vast majority out of wood and there was just a tiny little bit of epoxy resin because most of the time he's just building a guitar out of epoxy resin and putting mm-hmm. stuff in the epoxy, right? I want to see a guitar built out of Lincoln Logs. <laughs> that, well, Lincoln Logs plus epoxy, it's doable. Nope, just Lincoln Logs. No, that's not doable. <laughs> I don't think you could make that happen. We should start... <laughs> We should, I should do one of these videos. Yeah. Where I build a guitar out of Lego, only it's the off brand Lego. Oh, Jesus. So, so it's, a, it's an off brand Lego guitar video of this Lego brand guitar you should, video. You should build a guitar out of a board pedals. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of when they did, I think it was, again, same guy who did the, uh, or maybe a different guy, because there, there are a couple of different people do that did the uh, made, built a guitar out of iPhones. Right, right. And I think had to like remove all the batteries from it so it didn't <sighs> explode. So toxic. Yeah. I uh, just my skin hurts thinking about that guitar. Ugh. No, thank you. 
All right, you want to take us to the money zone, Steve? Yeah, this first, uh, this, uh, this. You can do it. I believe in you. Uh, this week's sponsor of this episode, number 386 of 60 Cycle Home, is Chase Bliss Audio. Oh. Makers of pedals more creative than you are, Chase Bliss hails from the great state of Minnesota. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Steve. Uh, you know, I went to a diner. You did? In St. Paul, and I said, hey, can I have a large Coke? They said, no. No, here we only serve mini sodas. Miniature sodas? Yeah, that's okay. the joke. So Chase Plus Audio. Oh, Tonal Recall, Red Knob. I don't get the joke. This Red Knob model. And I've got the Dark World here. That's a reverb. Yeah, this is a really great reverb. It's their only pedal that doesn't have an analog heart. It has an, a digital heart and a digital brain. They're, uh, they're doing some kind of dip switch contest right now. Check it out on their Instagram. I how you dip? at it, but I don't know. Yeah, but that's what it was, how you dip. I think what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to put your hand upon your hip. And when you dip, they dip, we dip. All right. Go check it out. Chaseplusaudio.com. Thanks for flanks for splancer in the show. <laughs> All right, man. What's new? What is new in your world? What's shaking? What's oh, grooving? man. What's, what's shaking and grooving, Steve that's wants a, to know. That's a Tone Jerks reference. I am, I'm working up towards a very busy time. And I'm feeling nervous about it. Talking uh, about summer nam. I'm talking about summer nam. I'm also talking about a week that I'm going into, where my wife is. This is fun. This is great. She's going to take my son uh, to Disneyland, and they're going to go have fun at Disney. But I'm going to be staying behind with our two year old mm. because she's not ready for that yet. Yeah. She would. She would be uh, too much of an interruption to their good time. So I'm going to be staying home with the two year old for basically two full business days. And I got work to get done. <laughs> Dude, all of this, all of the stay at home parents right now are like, I know, I know, but like my wife's not allowed to listen to this episode. She will just die of laughter. I can't, I, I cannot film with her being here while I'm, I'm filming. You have like to- it's just, it can't work. So I've been thinking of content that I can film mm-hmm. after she goes to bed and record it all with, you know, amp sims and stuff like that. 60 cycle yum, but it's all frozen treats. <laughs> no, I was thinking I could take her out and we could do a 60 cycle yum together. 60 cycle yum, but it's all alcoholic beverages. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I'm going to take her to a bar. <laughs> but I was thinking of doing like maybe Monday night or Tuesday night or whatever, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. filming finally the uh the headphone amp shootout i've been wanting to do or the the amp and cabs and shootout i've got the walrus i've got the strime in i've got some affordable board uh solutions i've got that that nux yeah um i've got a bunch of stuff that i've been wanting to shoot out for a long time and so my plan is to just spend the day being a dad mm-hmm then film at night start she usually is asleep by like nine Mm-hmm. So it usually takes me like two or three hours to film something. So film from like nine to 11, maybe nine to midnight, maybe. And then the next day edit when she goes to bed. 
so that I can be working while I'm having, you know, you daddy go. daughter time. There you go. And you're then on top spend of the it, day being a dad, and you're going to spend the night being a daddy. Yo. <laughs> and then, yeah, Summer Nam is coming up so fast. Yeah. And I haven't gotten my rig yet together. I haven't gotten my rig together yet. I mm-hmm. scrambled those words up so bad. You're going to HX stomp it again? I'm going to HX stomp it, but I've been, I need to make all new patches for the HX stomp because there's new stuff available oh, for it. Yeah. And also, I've been in contact with Line 6. They want me to set up patches to sell through their marketplace and so i wanted to have really good patches ready so that mm-hmm. when i'm doing the nam videos and like hey if you want these patches click the link below so now like i'm all feeling overwhelmed like oh my gosh i need to come up with some really good patches like i can't just do the same dumb patches i always do i need to come up with something good and like the no, pr- just use the same dumb patches the pressure they work the pressure the pressure is overwhelming what, what i was thinking about doing it's because i usually just work within the hx stomp mm-hmm. and come up with mm-hmm. stuff that i think sounds good i think what i want to do is i want to record some very standard sounds of what i get here in in room when i do demos right and then take it upstairs and plug in the HX stomp to my uh, computer speakers and go back and forth between the recordings and the HX stomp and try to legitimately model the HX stomp after that tone that I get with other gear. Oh, interesting. so that I can really get it really close to what I normally sound right. like. Right. But they've got, they've got a Princeton model in there now, which I didn't have last time I filmed with it. They have a drippy reverb now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a new game for me. It's going to be new sounds. So Very cool. I'm excited, but I also am feeling anxious about the work with how little time I have left. What's new for you, dude? Um, not much, but uh, where'd my pen go? I, I finally, this week, uh, got to mess around a little with the pod go. Not a ton. I feel like I need to read a manual. A little bit. I is there? There's got to be a way to get rid of the effects loop. I don't remember, but it's, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think if you don't, if you, if you just leave it there, it doesn't open up a new slot or anything. But it's like a whole foot switch that I ha- can't. That serves no purpose except for muting the circuit. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but I was messing around with the base one. I th- yeah, there's got to be a way to reprogram the effects loop. Then. I was using the uh, the Woody Blue, which I think is an acoustic 360, from what I recall, and that, it sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some things that you know I haven't figured out why they are the way that they are. Like for the bass, you can pick the Ampeg SVT Pro, or you can pick like the Ampeg SVT preamp but then the preamp is like super quiet so i'm like i don't understand why anybody would want this mm. uh, but i'm probably just missing something fundamentally basic basic on it. um but i kind of like recreated some things using like preamp pedals um for tone shaping and then just a basic flat amp and i, and I thought sounded uh at least workable you know mm. usable to get things going and then uh I can mess around with other stuff. I was trying to find an octave, but I could only find octaves down. Interesting. Which is probably just because I don't know what I'm looking at, <laughs> which is fine. It sounds I'll like you need later. to spend some real time with it. Yeah, I spent like I've spent like maybe not enough time with it. <laughs> but it's cool. It's definitely like super usable and right. definitely uh 
the other, the other thing I don't really get, why is the power cable so short? Is it? Oh, yeah, it's That's got that. Kind of short. Yeah, yeah. It has that kind of unique proprietary wall wart sort yeah, of thing. It's weird. It is interesting that that is so short. I kind of, I, I mean, anytime with those sorts of things, I kind of wish they just put the wall wart like mass inside the actual unit. I bet right. there is space for that in there. And then you could just use, you know, a regular IC cable. Yeah. It would be so much more convenient. Power supplies are always a pain in the butt. Like anytime you have to have a wall wart, it's like, why are we doing this? But I mean, it seems like a pretty cool thing so far. Um, I probably am not going to use it uh, live quite yet because I want to really be able to dial in and understand what I'm doing. Um, But I felt like I hit a few sounds where I'm like, I could almost use this Mm -hmm. comfortably live. No, you have to spend some time getting to learn them. And I I don't really play bass, so it's like maybe there is... It's a major barrier with them that I don't no, know. No, no, it, it's it's pretty straightforward. What what I really need to do, and and because I just went into like sandbox, you know, turning knobs and figuring out how things work, and I'm like, it's gotta just there's gotta be like one or two pages of just base presets somewhere, right? Oh, I'm sure. So I just need to find those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you figure out the system on there with yeah, you know yeah. the the page buttons. And the and the home buttons and stuff like that and the knobs. Yeah. You can jump from any Helix based Line Six product and know exactly what to do. Right. So like right. if you can figure it out on the go, mm-hmm. then if you decide later that you want to stomp or even a full helix or something like that, you already know how to use it. Right. So it's kinda like there's a learning curve when you start out, but eventually it just becomes second nature and you just know how to navigate the whole thing. That's the plan. <laughs> All right, man, you ready to hit this next ad? I sure am, Steve. Great, let's do it. <laughs> this is Paul's guitar sent to us by Tim Cornfield. It's on Reverb. Yeah. Uh, did you load that other screen grab I in there? I did. Uh, it says oh, uh, it. about this listing. So, yes, before anyone starts giving me grief or questioning what, I, that, what I'm selling, uh, this really was Paul Reed Smith's personal guitar. I was going to frame it and put it on a wall, but I've run out of wall space and... Oh, a likely story. I've run out of wall. Even though I'm a PRS fanboy nowadays, uh, I have to make musical choices that work for me rather than scratch that collector's itch. No doubt somebody out there has a wall just made for hanging this beauty. I love that he's still hung up on the wall thing. Get Paul to sign it. Paul traded this guitar uh, from a dealer in Japan because to use his words, it has a quote, uh, special sound. He then used it as his main guitar to record the album. The world's going to need more love and then gifted it to Peter Denenberg who sold it to Mario Campa or sold it via Mario Campa to me. I have the documentation including Paul's May 2018 letter and a letter from Mario and my confirmation emails. Story, 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 story. Uh, think about owning a Les Paul Deluxe once owned and played by and recorded by Les Paul himself. This is a that's, long block of text, dude. That's uh, no doubt Ryan of Riffs, Beards, and Gear is going to roast me for my asking price, but that's okay. He's just jealous. As usual, I incur- include insurance when I ship all taxes, import fees, responsibility, whatever, whatever, whatever. The asking price on this is uh, it's in Canadian, so it's been converted to US dollars, uh, $25,281. Dollars. I'm assuming it was probably like thirty thousand dollars. Right, right. Um, I don't know if 
Uh, is P- Paul Reed Smith, the man himself, enough of a celebrity to warrant an upcharge this drastic on a guitar? You know, if he was, this is going to sound morbid and I'm sorry, Paul, if you're listening to this, this is going to sound morbid, but if he was dead, uh-huh. then I might get it, but he's still alive. He's still got other personal guitars and it sounds like Paul recorded an album at some point, but no one really knows Paul Reed Smith for his music. They think, know him I, for his and guitars. And I think that's the bigger problem is that nobody knows Paul Reed Smith for his music. And like, in a way, aren't all PRS guitars Paul's personal guitar? <laughs> like he didn't, he didn't hand make the vast majority of them at this point. But they've got his name on it. Yeah. It's like Reese's Pieces. Those are right, Reese's. Right. There's an apostrophe. This All PRSs are Paul's guitars. Yeah. One day he's going to come for him. is all I'm saying. You have a PRS right now. You don't own it. You're just leasing it from Paul. You're just borrowing it. Yeah. All, your, all your Les Pauls also borrowed from Les Paul. <laughs> um, I, want, I just skimmed through the last two Ridiculous Reverb listings. Oh, geez. Dude. Um. You're doing too much work over there. I, I, hey, man. Uh, he, Ryan Bruce has not re- re- reviewed this. So all I'm going to say... Get on it, Fluff. No, here's what I'm going to say. When this happens, everyone who's watching this video now, you're hearing it from me. We did it first. Go tell them. And actually, I found a video. Remember the OJ Simpson guitar? Yeah. Fluff did the uh, OJ Simpson guitar. You know what? We did it first. We did it first. We did it first. That's all, that's this all, is I, what, that's this all is, I want to say. This, this is what Trogley feels like. <laughs> When you've done every used listing and other people come around and start doing used listing shows, we can sit back and go, yeah, we already did those. Um, What's funny to me is that... Now, I'm get, actually, now I actually am looking at this guitar. You know who the market is for this guitar? Who? Tyler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you already say that? <laughs> no, but I thought it. Like, you know... This has music is win written all over you it. You know, like, we're about, like... Two weeks away from Tyler launching a video with the clickbait thumbnail. I bought a $25,000 guitar. And it's just going to be him opening the case and glowing on his face. And it's just going to be another PRS. Yeah. It's a PRS. It's going to be it's this a P- PRS. It's a PRS every single time. Like, I mean, no one it. should ever be surprised when they watch a Music Is One video. It's going to be a PRS every time. And n- next time, it will be this PRS. And... He's bought a $25,000 PRS, apparently. This is, uh, what color is this? Like ocean? I think it's supposed to be like faded denim. Faded down? Faded down? Yeah, I guess so. I had to check the color of my jeans. Yeah. I mean, that's about what the crotch of my jeans looks like most of the time. Why is the crotch of your jeans faded? Uh, next question. Butt sunning? (laughs) Let me pull up a Taylor Swift track while I answer that question. What does that even mean? <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to have my attorney present. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of a of a builder that's still alive mm-hmm. that I would pay an upcharge on to have their personal guitar. I have 
a guitar that was Josh Scott's personal guitar, that Revelator. Yeah, but he didn't build it. That's true. I mean, I guess Paul didn't. Build Paul did this, not build right? this. I would be surprised if Paul built this. It's I, I it's kind of confusing because it says Paul traded this guitar from a dealer in Japan. Uh, it sounds like he bought his own guitar from a dealer. Yeah, yeah. Which is what Paul does. Uh, years and years and years ago, uh, longtime viewers of the channel will, will remember that I actually got to spend some time hanging out with Paul Reed Smith. Uh, he hosted. And you spent that time asking about pizzas and burritos. No, I'm talking about a different time. Oh, he he hosted a guitar builders summit for people in the industry, and uh, I got wrangled in to go film it. This is all on the channel. You can search through and find this this seminar thing that they did. Uh, it was a couple of videos that I published, but I got to hang out with Paul and everyone else. It was one where I met uh, Joel for the first time. Chase Bliss, Joel. Ryan. Uh-huh. You're talking about Bob Taylor. Oh, damn it. You're right. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> you're talking about the Taylor guitar song. It has been a long time. <laughs> Why did I think PRS just now in that moment? I it's don't know. I was just hanging out with a rich dude. <laughs> a rich guitar dude. No, like, but like... Where That's was, actually a good example, though. Like, would you? Oh my gosh, I'm a, going senile. Would you pay a premium to own like a guitar that Bob Taylor? What I was leading know, recorded to is on. that is that someone asked Bob about all these personal tailors that he owns, mm -hmm. and like, oh hey Bob, did you just pull this one off the line? And Bob got very serious, and he said, "I buy all my guitars from the company. If I took them, that would be stealing." And I'm sure at the level that PRS is at, it's probably the same deal. Right. He doesn't right. he doesn't take them off the line. He buys them from the company. Yeah. Or he buys them from dealers if he sees one like, oh, wow, that's an exceptional PRS. I'm going to buy it. I'm sure every now and then he barters and bargains like anyone does. Sure. And it probably carries a different weight because he is Paul. You know? I mean, the way that they're, they are. I can't it, believe I mixed up Paul The way that they Bob. are inventoried, I'm sure it's like it probably uh they probably don't have the same amount of flexibility to just be like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I really like that uh, 10 top you got there. I'll give you like three CU24s. Right, right. And if you send us back that 10 top. No, because they're trying to work um, dealer stuff. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not they're not. I, I would doubt if that's happening. Like yeah. a company that size, they're trying to keep their books above water. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess maybe, maybe Paul is. I mean, I'm sure he's. Well, in this case, it sounds like he's buying it back from a dealer, right? So he's even like not, it was he's used. Not even paying like dealer pricing, right? Right. He, like versus, you know, he's not he's not using his employee discount. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. No, totally. I think he just bought it. Yeah. I wonder what Paul paid for this, and now this guy's trying to get twenty five grand for it, thirty grand in Canada or whatever. Yeah, we think maybe I don't know. I love that it's it has Paul's guitar written on the back of yeah. the headstock. Yeah. Does he do that to all his guitars? Does Paul just write Paul's guitar on the back of all his guitars? Yeah, actually, headstocks? when you mention when now that you mention it, you look at this guitar, and how do you even know for sure that this is a PRS? I mean, it's yeah, got it doesn't some, have the PRS logo on the front. It's got some bird inlays, I guess. It has PRS on the back of the tuners, dude. Oh, yeah. And it says you can't, Paul's guitar on it. Because you can't just buy PRS tuners off of Reverb. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it has that signature PRS headstock shape that they stole from Gibson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's ugly. <laughs> I'm 
gosh. <laughs> if Paul's listening, we're breaking his heart, Steve. I know. I'm just kidding. I, like I said before, I actually really, uh, I, what I don't like is quilts. I have, I, I just can't Steve's do more to Afghans. Can't do quilts anymore, but I do like this kind of blue gray. Steve likes uh, a nice duvet. I like this blue gray. Uh, I mean, I don't have any flame. problem with other people liking quilts, but I, I have no desire to have quilted guitars in my life. I mean, it's a flame. It's not a quilt. Quilt is when it's the big chunks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a flame. It's a flame. It's I a like flame. the, I like flames. I'm not a big fan of quilts. I like flames when they're subtle. Like I, if it catches the light, but I don't want it to be flamed from where they where they do this this the dye and sand dye and sand sort of thing no. uh every I, time i put on a guitar i'm i just want to i want people to be like man that guy's johnny storm he just turned his flame on flame on <laughs> i don't i don't want it to read his flame until it catches the light in the right, right way you know right. that's what i like mm-hmm. like a nice subtle flame on a les paul style guitar is pretty Mm-hmm. On like a tobacco burst or a cherry burst or something like that. It just catches the light and shimmers. Like, that's nice. I don't like it when it's just sitting there and you're staring at it flat and you see, you know, all the stripes of the Karen hairdo in it. <laughs> all the low lights and everything. <laughs> and speaking of Karens. Yes. This episode is also brought to you by Big Ear Pedals. <laughs> yeah. What? There's by a Grant and Karen. And by Grant and Karen. A Karen who doesn't deserve to be associated with that name because she's a real sweetheart. She's not a Karen. She's the Karen. Yes. She's one of the good ones. Uh, here's the loaf by big gear. It's uh, it's a fuzz. That's kind of got the soul of an overdrive. I like to say it's the low AF because yeah. it handles a kind of lower it's range. It's got that big bottom. It's got that big, big bottom, bottom and takes bass and baritone really, really nicely. So if you're looking for a fuzz that does chords well and also does great with your low frequency uh, musical instruments, the loaf is one you should definitely check out. Uh, Robert, friend of the show, supporter of the show, he got the whole set. He even got a Frank. Mm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, he does have a Frank. Uh, the Frank Overdrive. What, He's got, what he, what does I, he have more bigger pedals than you do at this point? I think he does uh, because he has a Frank and I do not. I was trying to... Robert. But what he doesn't have is... A, I don't think he has a Black Betty slash Betty White. I thought we brought up... Oh, here it is. He gifted me a knob puller the other day. And I, I actually use it and it works really great for, for pulling knobs off of guitars. You, you slide it down over the knob. And then you lock that down and allows you to, to yank the knob off oh, without, without tools. So thanks, That's Robert. Cool. I mentioned you, and now I have to thank you for this. <laughs> I don't have to. I anyway, get to. head on over to Big Ear Pedals. Did we say that? No, we didn't. BigEarPedals.com. Uh, they put a bunch of stuff on sale recently, but I think it might all be gone. But get on their mailing list because yeah. whenever they release batches, yeah. that's how you'll find out. Follow them on all their social medias, especially yep. TikTok. Grant has been doing stuff on TikTok and it's, and it's fun. I haven't been seeing it, but that's <laughs> like my some, problem. some of it is completely unrelated to guitar stuff. It's like, here's just Grant being weird. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. Is that what we're doing? We are. Uh, this is uh, somebody wrote in the Facebook group. They said, hey, 4th of July is coming. And it was just Canada Day, apparently. I don't. No one can. Well, today is July 5th, Steve, so it's it's over. Yeah, 4th of July was yesterday. <laughs> we recorded and this before. they uh, said, hey, talk about your favorite American bands. Oh, an American band. 
I don't know. If There's I know so any few. American band. There's so few. How would we um, pick? There was who was the band that said we're an American band? That was like their the thing they kept saying. They like, weren't an American band though. They were singing it ironically. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's such a rare thing. They're like, imagine if there was an American band. Can you can you imagine that? They would probably all have to go somewhere where they could stand. That that uh, that song is actually from a, like a sci-fi concept album where they imagine a reality where American bands exist. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went somewhere where they could stand. Right, right. It was an American band stand. They're coming to your town. They're going to uh, party down? Something like that? Okay, so the, we'll read the whole thing. Uh, since the 4th of July is on the horizon, your favorite American bands growing up that influenced your playing. Alternatively, since it was just Canada Day yesterday, your favorite bands. Oh, I should have read that right. Favorite bands from north of, of the border. 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 I'm trying to read it like a Canadian one. Border. Oh, we're an American band. Was by Grand Funk Railroad. Ah, okay. I don't know what. Um, Are there any bands that stick out to you that were influential to you that were distinctly American? Um, like a John Mellencamp or something like that. I mean, I guess the other joke I wanted to make was America. Wait, is John Mellencamp Canadian? No, he's from Indiana. All right. Why do you know that? I'm pretty sure because wasn't that the whole thing. Jack and Diane is set in Indiana, that song. Just because That's it's John set in Indiana. I mean, John Denver's not from the Rocky Mountains or whatever. He's not? No. Isn't he from West Virginia? That's different than the Rocky Mountains. And I don't no, think he's, he's actually from New Mexico, which is the same as the Rocky Mountains. Okay, but he's not Maybe, from, but Roswell's not really. What in the we're mountains. saying is he was not from West Virginia, born and raised. Yeah. That's weird. John Denver is a goddamn liar. <laughs> what were you just asking about? Oh, John Cougar Melly Camp. I'm trying to think John of John Cougar Concentration Camp. <laughs> what? Yeah, that Holy was hell. That's a punk band. Is John it Cougar, really? Yeah, there's <laughs> uh, John Cougar. Okay, yeah, it's John a punk Cougar band. That from makes sense. Seymour, Indiana. Oh my gosh. The that city was, in Jackson County. That was rough. You're, you're going to get us canceled, Steve, if you're not careful. <laughs> We're going to start using Taylor Swift to censor ourselves. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where did he said you said he was from Indiana? Yeah, he's from Indiana. Like, I guess like so much of the music that I listen to is distinctly American as far as like surf rock goes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just American; it's Californian at its core, at its root. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I don't sit there and think like, ah, American music. Like, do you ever sit there and just go like, oh, now this is American music? Do you ever ask yourself uh, if you like American music? <laughs> yeah, I like American music. I don't know. Do you like American music? Baby. <laughs> um, I mean, Violent Femmes is a great American band. Yeah, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers are a very American band. They can't stop singing about I can't think of any where bands in America they're from. That aren't American. Like the Beatles, famously an American band. <laughs> You've gone 180 from being like, I don't know any American bands to being, you know who my favorite American band is? Abba. <laughs> oh man, you know what American song really influenced me? American Woman? Gangnam Style. <laughs> Jeez. 
American <laughs> Woman obviously would be a song by an American band. Otherwise, why would they be singing about right. American women? Right. Is it bad that like this topic is so, you know, I, I like. No, of, this is it. This is my American band choice. This is the one that I think of as like American band. I'll die on this hill. Let's fight about it. I'm going to when when I'm part of an insurrection, this is the music I'll be playing. The MCF and five. Were they American? Detroit, They're baby. From Detroit. Yeah, I was going to say. So it's interesting is I think there are certain artists. And when when you think of like what is American music, you are you do kind of either get into um, this like working class mm. rock and roll. So you're John Mellencamp, John Bon Jovi, like Bon Jovi. Well, I think if you is very ask American. me what is American music, Bruce Springsteen, my first answer is going to be jazz. My second answer is going to be uh, variations of blues and bluegrass. Okay. Okay. And then well, it's the, going to lead to rock and roll. Like those are the the, the pillars of American music. Okay. I, I, and I, what I was going to say is I feel like, uh, you know, outside of those, like those working class, that working class rock sound, even MC5 Detroit, like is a very kind of working class. Right. Right. Uh, city. Or you think of like country. I, I feel like I'm like leaning towards well, like. I almost, I almost like you know, faltered on saying country because I know there's a lot of influences in that that go back to a lot of immigrant music, which you could also say for the for blues, for bluegrass and jazz. And blues and jazz. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can't forget the great American, uh, the great country artist, Keith Urban. <laughs> well, America does their thing where we we Americanize everything. So everything right. that comes into America eventually becomes the fabric of the quilt of America. And so these influences of, you know, traditional music from from Europe and stuff like that ingrained with. Uh, you know, kind of like beats and rhythms uh -huh, from uh -huh. our First Nations populations and our slave populations, and it all mixed together. I think First Nations is specifically Canadian. Is that specifically term. Canadian? Okay, but sure, like our our indigenous populations, and it all combined together in this beautiful melting pot mm -hmm, that birthed new sounds and genres of music. And that's American music. It's right. Right. You take a, you take a blender and then you distill what came out of it into new things. I feel like I've complained about this like every year. Okay. Um, I think American music is, are you a musical artist who is from America? Right. I think that's the simplest way to think about it or right. got popular. I mean, I whatever, would venture right? to make the argument that, British invasion stuff, Beatles included, is American music and genre. I I can kind of see that argument. Um, so the, the and then maybe this invalidates my complaint here is uh, every you know we're talking about Fourth of July and you turn turn on the radio. I really miss like the old time, like the old when the, like they turn on the radio and they just did like. You know, fifteen. They 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 do the radio program that they sync up to fireworks, right? Right, right. And I feel like I have this memory from when I was a kid where they just basically did like fifteen minutes of like John Philip Sousa, yeah, and threw in some Pepperidge Farm, remembers. some uh, Lee Greenwood, and you know, 
someone singing America the Beautiful and the Star Spangled Banner I, and whatever, right? Yeah. And and um and that's what I feel like should be what plays on those fireworks celebrations, but it's they you know, people find that really boring. So they do pop music. Right. And so then you got like Katy Perry firework, which I guess is appropriate uh, because firework and, uh, you know, a lot of country songs about the, there's two songs. Okay. There's it's two, not 4th of July. If you're not here in Maroon five is all I'm saying. There are two songs that uh, I, and I feel like I've talked about this before on the show, probably more than once that drive me nuts to hear during those um uh yeah things and maybe this is coming to full circle mm-hmm. topically one of those is uh coldplay uh viva la vida okay because they're not an american they're band. not american <laughs> and that song is about the crusades oh my gosh <laughs> um but also songs like american woman and oh yeah, like, they will play American, but which they, is a, but, pro, a protest song. But at least they play the Lenny Kravitz version. <laughs> Usually, it's like a song about you know dodging the draft and fleeing to Canada. Is it really what it's about? I know it's by a Canadian artist. Yeah, it's like an American woman got to get away from her. Like it's talking about fleeing the United States of America and renouncing your citizenship because you don't want to go fight in war. That I, is I did not know that. What is American woman is about? Okay, so the other and they play it during fireworks. So and they, so along those lines. Uh, well, I mean, I guess like one of those would be like, you know, Woody Guthrie, This Land is Your right, Land, right. which is this classic folk tune. I love that song. That's, you know, basically about socialism. We sang, we sang that song in elementary school when I was in public school as a kid. We we yeah. learned that song, yeah. and I think it's great. I love that um, song. So no, the other song that I was thinking of is the song uh, by, Mar- I believe, Martina McBride early in her career. She did a song called Independence Day, um, which is a song about a uh, wife burning her house down on Independence <laughs> Day to get, I think with the husband, I want in my, head, in my mind, it's like with the husband in the house. Right. Like, but it was, it's not like it's Independence Day because it happens on Independence Day, but it's Independence Day because it's the day she won her freedom from her abusive spouse. <laughs> yes this is appropriate I, music for a fireworks celebration i am a fireworks purist mm-hmm. i actually no music i don't want any music i want to hear the fireworks i want to hear the full percussive clap mm-hmm. of an explosion mm-hmm. going off over my head and it honestly really bugs me when i go to see the fireworks and some jerk like opens all the doors in his truck and cranks the sound system or someone's got a boom box there i hate that like you only get to watch fireworks once a year here. Yeah. And I want to experience them in full. I don't need a soundtrack to them. Like every other movie that you watch has explosions with a soundtrack over it. Like I don't need that. Like play the patriotic music leading up to the fireworks. But then I just want to hear those sweet, sweet pyrotechnics. Here's, here's what I want. Here's what I want. Fireworks is normally what? What? Fifteen minutes? Is it Something 15 like that. minutes? Twenty yeah. minutes? Um, ten minutes of fireworks, and so the whole thing's twenty minutes. We'll say twenty minutes. I want to. I only want to hear music if it's coming from an actual marching band that I'm watching march around the fireworks being launched. 
That'd be cool. And That'd they're cool. and every now and then they have to like duck and dodge to get away from shrapnel. All right. Like that's what I want. You ready for this? Yeah, I am. Lay it on me. Okay. Uh, we started doing, we talk about this thing at work all the time uh, that we need, we're supposed to be doing called um, like reverse calendaring. Okay. So reverse calendar calendaring is where you have a deadline and then you calendar everything in sequence so you can hit that deadline. And so you say, I'm going to do this thing here, this thing here. So obviously that's also, I think how you can do fireworks and what you need to do is you have the finale. It's the last one minute. And then you go back to that one minute and however many minutes before, probably three minutes before the finale, it's just silent, 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 silence. And then three, four minutes before the finale, presidential speech. <laughs> what? Bill Pullman's presidential speech. Oh my gosh. From Independence Day. Oh my gosh. And then. Well, if we're going to mix. The finale, the finale goes, fireworks, fireworks are quiet. And before. Instead of saying like, "This was Kixie presents about uh, the Fourth of July, San Diego," it just goes. It's just Will Smith. Welcome to Earth. If we're gonna mix Katy Perry and Maroon Five and Coldplay into our patriotic music celebration, a hundred percent, we should have the president from Independence Day mixed in. Yeah. Mixed with speeches from all kinds of fictional presidents. Like every time that Morgan Freeman has played a president, mix his words in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe uh maybe I want a a, a montage, a medley of speeches, speeches from fictitious American presidents mixed into our fireworks there's celebration. There's a lot of there's a lot of great one-liners from uh my fellow Americans. I want I someday in history books there's going to be the timeline of American presidents, and then right below it, there's going to be the timeline of fictional American presidents. <laughs> probably already exists. Uh, all right. Um, to and, like, and, and one of those speeches is going to make its way into the history books as like a defining moment for America. Yeah. But there's going to be policy written around the speech from Independence Day. All right. Answering the other part of that question, who's your favorite Canadian band? Ooh, I typically try to avoid Canadian bands at all costs, Steve. I, I honestly can't think of any right off the top of my head. Well, I can think of them. I can think of like Celine Dion. I can think of Bieber, who's going to be your favorite because you're a believer. Uh, I can think of like Nickelback. Uh, oh, oh, Shadowy Man on a Shadowy Planet. I don't know who that. I've heard of them. I don't surf I'm band. Not, I'm not familiar with their music. And my answer is Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> Are you still a believer? I don't know if I would ever actually qualify myself as a believer. You used to say you were a believer. Then I saw her face. <laughs> All right, you ready to do some housekeeping? Steve is dodging the question. Ready to do some housekeeping? <laughs> Let's do you some see housekeeping. The, do you see what I'm I saying? I don't know. It's possible. Stranger <laughs> things have happened. I got a very selective memory, Ryan. It's a, <laughs> it's a psychological defect that I have. Steve was a believer. It sounds like he's embarrassed. I know. All right, man. Um, you want to do some housekeeping? Housekeeping is yeah, yeah. Lay it on me, man. Where we keep house. Um, at the uh, you can if you want to support the show, you can head on over to patreoncom slash 60cyclehumcast or for as little as one dollar a month or eleven dollars and four cents a year. 
is you get a little discount, uh, you can support this show just like these fine folks have done uh, at the $1 level, NJ. That's just the name. I want you to read this one, Ryan, at the $5 level, that top one there. Well, the first name is easy, Deidre. Suris Moen? Moen? Suris Moen? What? Say the first one again. Deidre? Pretty sure it's Deirdre. You don't think that's Deidre? It's I'm pretty sure it's Deirdre. All right. All right. Uh, the middle one, I think, is Sersha. And I'm going to go with Moen for the last one. Not because yeah, because of the, the sinks. Not making fun of the name. Uh, just I'm. We don't know a, how to read it. I'm pretty sure it's a very Irish name. Those are all very Irish names. Welcome so. to the club, though, Welcome. Deidre. Yeah. Or Deidre. Um, and then Rick, Rick Calhoun. Rick Calhoun is from Honey Picks. Yeah. Supporting us at the $10 a month He's level. He's been in our community a long time, hasn't yeah, he? He has. Uh, so thanks for supporting the show. And go check out Honey Picks. They're really cool. They look really cool. I haven't tried one. Have you tried I am one? Not a, I am not a thick, fat pick boy, but they do look really cool. Yeah, I need to re- I need to reach out um, or Do you something. use thick, fat picks? I do. I usually use like the gravity, I think, two millimeter Whatever the classic gravity yeah, is. Yeah, you should try to get one. I need, I need to try out the honey pick. Yeah. I like the I like the way the the little textural things look. So mm. thanks for supporting the show. We got one more thing to do. We're gonna do this last thing. Ad? One more ad. This was sent to us by Mark DeBrune. This guy. <laughs> so Mark Mark is I I can never remember how to say his name. Like, His screen name like MJD Brune. So he has been going through every single video on the channel and watching them in order. And every time I say niche in a video, <laughs> he, he comments like, "If you say niche one more time," and the the veiled threat is that he's gonna like quit watching the channel. He's gonna unsubscribe. And the first couple times he did it, I was like. Who is this guy? Why, he's, he, why he's, does he keep telling me he's going to unsubscribe? He's tricked you. If you he's he left Rudy. Like he was right, one of the right. first people to be like to be like get to get in on the joke of rude and nasty comments. But I don't think you realized it because at least once you've grabbed one of his rude and nasty comments <laughs> and posted it to Instagram and was like, I hate this guy. And I was like, Ryan, that's like that's Mark. He's in all of like whenever you're live streaming, he's there. Oh he's gosh. one of our biggest supporters. <laughs> He's got a perfectly like, like, like picked screen name. Where it's like I don't recognize this jumble of letters yeah, at all. It yeah. took me a long time to recognize it was the same person over and over again. And now I'm I'm amazed at how many videos he's watching. Yeah, because uh, he comments on almost all of yeah, them. Yeah. So uh, this guitar says uh, Gibson Custom Shop Shop Les Paul Splatter Finish. Uh, unique in the world. There's no other guitar in the world that looks like this. There's a video apparently. 100% original. They want 3,500 uh, euros. Uh, and uh, it's a splatter finish. That's and a lot of Greek Mark's, sandwiches. Mark's comment on it is, I assume it's supposed to look like a Jackson Pollock or something, but I think it just looks like bird shit. <laughs> does it pass Ryan's guitar art orientation test? It does. See you on YouTube. He says uh, he's working through the back catalog and currently listening to podcast number 206. Oh, man. He's got like 180 to go not to mention all the other demo videos that I, I've done. I think he commented somewhere recently that basically if you start if you can generate uh like two hours of content a week for another like 
two years, it will be impossible for him to ever catch up. Oh my gosh. Which for what it's worth, like you all already generate one hour of podcast. No, I, I'm week, easily so. making more than that per week. What She's do you think? Never- what do you think about this art? I mean, it's splatter art. It's not what I normally think of as splatter art. It's almost cosmic. Yeah, it is kind of cosmic. And then there's a friggin' treble clef. Why? Where's the treble clef? Up by the treble switch. Oh, yeah, weird. Why is there a treble clef but not a bass clef, huh? I don't know. That's Maybe that's the signature of whoever did the art. But this doesn't look like it's actual paint on the guitar. It looks like it's some sort of photo print finish. I just realized that what he's the custom or the copy paste here where he said the seller writes is what's written here. Uh, but here it says Gibson Custom Shop, unique to worlded, er, bestat gene on der guitar to worlded, die op deze licht video von de guitar, YouTube, 100% original with two A's. That's my best. I feel like what this guitar needs is contrast because it's just kind of noise. And I agree that for the most part, it looks like bird shit. Um, But like it needs like bright neon pink DiMarzio Mm. open coil pickups with matching knobs and switch tip. You know, you need something to pop against this dark noise. And I think that would make it look more custom too. I, or it's kind of, yes, I see where you're going there, but I almost want to go the opposite direction and just black out, black out, just go black out. Even if it, even if your blackout is just double black open, open coil, like, right. and then black and then black Chrome hardware, black Chrome knobs. I don't know. Like, I don't hate the art, even though it looks like bird shit. I don't hate it. Like, I think it it's a decent representation mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. splatters. It doesn't look amateur or anything like that. But I just don't like it personally. You know, I think the execution is fine. We've certainly seen custom art Les Pauls that well, maybe it is actually painted. Now that I look at it from that angle, there's little red dots that have yeah. a little bit of a shine on them like they're three-dimensional. So maybe it is actually hand-painted. Um, so I I think I know the answer to this, but does this pass your guitar art test? It does because the drips are going down Boom. when, it, when it's held in playing position. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, totally passes the art test. That's interesting that it is potentially hand-painted because it looks so flat for most of it. I just got this news article and the headline just says more than 100 guns, ammo, body armor seized from El Cajon home owner arrested. And my first thought was like, isn't that every home in El Cajon? <laughs> you know that the arrest was actually for being a meth lab and they, <laughs> the, the guns are just the part that made the news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is inter- interesting splatter. Like what I'm seeing is, the white splatter was done first, and then mm-hmm. the blue splatter is like a transparent paint. Yeah. And then there's red splatter on top of it as well. I wish that the blue and the red hadn't been a transparent tint that only shows up over the white. Right. I wish it had been more opaque so it would pop against the black. 
And then it would be more like a Jackson Pollock. Pollack. I don't oh, know how to Pollock. say his name. Pollock. Oh, my gosh. Totally wrecked right now. I can barely talk. You want to get out of here, man? Yeah. Play the song and get us out uh, of here. This is from Mark Williams. He says, I thought I'd send you these two songs. Uh, oh, I guess to conclude, so you don't think this is worth $4,000. No. Uh, thought well, I'd I, I, don't, I don't know. It might be. Who, who knows? I don't care. Mark Williams says, thought I'd send you these two songs. I recorded a while back on a Tascam 388. Love the channel. Keep up the good work. I clicked the link. No, we're going to do it, bad work from now on. Dude, we should. We should do more bad work. I don't know how to break it to you, Steve, but we have been doing bad work for like a long time. <laughs> Oh, Very little of this called, has been good. The song is called A New Road. There we go. Very strong camper van Beethoven influence there. I fully support that. That is an American band that I am big into. That was cool. Yeah, I liked it. It actually reminded me of a different band uh, called Jejun. Mm. That's kind of like a late 90s indie pop sound. Mm. Kind of that vibe. Yeah. Very cool. 
All right. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded.